You're listening to The Propel Podcast, a show to guide and inspire ambitious women to propel their income, influence, and impact online. My name is Ashley A. McNulty, and I'm sitting down to share what's worked well and not so well in the years I've been an online business builder and mentor. Each week, I'll bring you insights and practical tools alongside other impact-driven leaders that you can implement now to propel your online business today. Welcome back to another episode of the Propel podcast. I have another guest on today and I'm really excited for you guys to hear her story and maybe learn some insights and things about having an online business in the sticks, in the bush. Um, I've got Kylie X. Stevenson here with me today and I have kind of met you through um, our online business like we're not in the same team or linked in any way and I actually don't think we've ever like I've seen you from a distance in person but we never met that was back when I was new Um, but I really wanted to bring Kylie on today because I relate obviously so much to having the online business in the middle of the bush Um, yeah there's just I find you so admirable in how you just really have leveraged who you are And it's such a powerful thing that you've really just stepped into owning your authentic self and really monetizing that. Like, it's really incredible. So I feel like we could have a really cool conversation around all of that today. So welcome. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me on to share my story. I just want you to start first by giving us some background of what your life looked like before the online business. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I'm just a country girl. I grew up on a horse and cattle farm. Um, I probably knew from a young age that I was a bit entrepreneurial, but when I finished school, I headed north when I was 17 and I went up to central Queensland into the middle of nowhere on a cattle station. I was working on 57,000 acres and absolutely loved it. I loved my life. I loved the social life of like, you know, working hard during the week and then like really getting to party hard on weekends. (laughs) And I'm a competitive horse rider. I camp draft and growing up, I used to play polycross as well. So I've always been in like the competitive scene of, of horses. So as much as farm life is how I was brought up, I was also brought up in a really competitive family. Um, you know, my mum is one of the top camp drafters in Australia in as a female and my dad is one of the top polycross players in New South Wales. So I um <laughs> I definitely have a bit of uh, competitive blood in me. Yeah, wow. And and also yeah <laughs> and also, you know, grew up with horses. So I never really had much of a choice except to fall in love with them. And uh, when I was up north I actually broke my shoulder. And I was competing, broke my shoulder, had a big accident. And that's actually when I found Bowen therapy. And so from the moment that I found it, I started getting it work done, work done on my shoulder. I realized that it was something that I could really see myself doing and see myself being really passionate in. And so after I broke my shoulder, I still was up north and I was like doing a little bit of work here and there, but I couldn't be like a ringer on a station. So I was like doing a bit of nannying, doing a bit of cooking and that sort of stuff. And I started studying full-time to become a human bowen therapist as well as an equine bowen therapist. And so by the time I was 22, I was ready to start my business. And I moved home from Queensland and I moved back to my family farm. 
and I opened my own clinic and I just like got the ball running. I didn't really know like a great deal about running a business, but I was like all in and started to like build some success, build some momentum. And then it was like sort of enough money, but not really quite enough money. And then I also, it it was really inconsistent. So I picked up a job in disability services. So then it was like, as my business kept growing, I was working full-time hours in my clinic and traveling for the horse side of the Bowen. And then also coming home to do night shifts at disability services about an hour from my home. So that's sort of where it all started. And um, I realized that I was becoming very burnt out very quickly. And yeah, and I just like, I, I just never could truly get ahead. Like I wasn't like I was on bad money, but I was working all of the time. I was becoming really run down, really exhausted. And I had to like bush my own horses. I pretty well like almost stopped competing, like borderline stopped competing while I was building my business in that first 12 months. And the business was going good, but like I was always working. And I could not really drop off disability services even when my business picked up because then like, you know, like weather or anything, people might not want horses done or like the wrong competition season comes along. And so it was like this hot and cold time with the business, even though it was really good, you just never really knew if it was going to be good. Yeah. And you were still trading time for money. Exactly. So I always say like, if I didn't have my hands on a horse, I wasn't making money, which was really hard because it was like, well, shit, how, how do I make this work when I want to still do all the things that I want to do? And so I tried to like adapt it into like my weekends away, like playing polo cross or drafting. And like, I'd take my bowling table with me. I'd set up a gazebo and I'd have horses lined up and I'd have people lined up. But then same thing, like I couldn't even enjoy my weekend because I'd jump on, go play a game, get off. And I'd have four horses that I'd have to work on. So I was like, holy heck, like, how do I actually get a a break from any of this and how can you like scale that and take that like build that business like without I guess you would have to hire people and yeah and it's really clear to me that like you said you were always entrepreneurial spirited or you know you can see that you're very resourceful and that's so much like me I've I've tried all the things like that too um I was I had my own PT business so but it was the same thing. Like if I wasn't getting up at ridiculous hours and, and running those boot camps and like I was only getting paid while I was there, right? Mm. But the thing is like I'm really curious too before we go to like even more into that line in the sand moment and then how you ended up in the online space is you said you're always that entrepreneurial way, but I would assume, am I correct in assuming that you still didn't, like you didn't know what you wanted to do or you didn't probably realise that fully until you kept trying things and landed here or did you kind of already know that? No way. I had never, ever done anything for like more than eight months at a time in my life ever. And so like, it was like, I had no idea. And honestly, until I broke my shoulder and saw Bowen, I really had no clue. And then I was still like 12 months before I actually took the step and was like, oh, I'm I'm actually going to do it. And And even then, like I I thought I had hit the jackpot with it because I I love location freedom and I could kind of adapt that into my Bowen life because to a degree, I could be like, I'm going to this town, who wants treatments? I'm going to this town, who wants treatments? But if you couldn't get clients, you couldn't earn earn any money. So it wasn't total location freedom. And it like... 
I was I loved working for myself when I did it, but it was like there was always something missing, even though I thought I've got some freedom, I've got some money coming in. It just wasn't like all there, if that makes sense. So it was like I was definitely not looking for something else, but there was always like this underlying feeling of like, oh, yeah, how can I scale this or how can I make this work? Like you can only bump your prices up so much at a time. Like, Yeah, something wasn't hitting the mark. And and can you put it into words now what it is, like in hindsight? Oh, it's just the scalability, like genuinely mm. being in control of like working wherever you want, when you want, and not relying on like, I don't want to say like other people, but like it's it doesn't affect me if I work from here or if I came to visit you, it does not change how I create my money. But if I was doing that in Bowen, like, first of all, I actually don't know where you live, except in Southeast Queensland. (laughs) But like, so I would have to like go and collectively create connections in that area before I could create an income there. So now I guess I've- Yeah, it was that that belly to belly. Yes. So it was all about having that connection, but uh, yeah, so now in the online space, like I've, I've got total time freedom because there's automation involved and I have scalability, which is what I didn't have. Like you said, unless I wanted to employ people, which then you've got like all of the extra stuff that comes with that. And, mm-hmm. and then the same thing, like I still had a clinic in town as my base. So I had like obviously some rent, some overheads, things like that. So again, it wouldn't make sense to take off for an entire month and be paying for that space and not be utilizing it. So it just like, it was like almost hitting the mark in every aspect, but just not quite there. I would also love to know how your parents felt about you not knowing, like having a clear direction or a career path and the, I can see your face. So I feel like this has struck something. Um, and I feel like I could really relate. Yeah. So my parents sent me to boarding school that costs $30,000 a year. And yeah, same. Yep. (laughs) And I'm relatively bright. Um, I love numbers. So I I had a lot of potential. (laughs) That's what my teachers used to say to me. She's got all the potential if she applies herself. Um, (laughs) So when I decided to go be a ringer up north, uh, my dad was really challenged by that decision because he, they were like, my mum was like, go, be free-spirited, do what you need to do. <laughs> um, but my dad was like, we've just spent all this money. How the hell do you not know what you want to do? Like, why are you not going to uni? Why are you not going and becoming a school teacher? You get six weeks of holidays a year. You know, you're home at three o'clock in the afternoon. You can work your pole across horses. Like dad had like this structure for me. And I went against everything my father believed in. And and then even when I found Bowen, because it's a little bit left wing, it's a little bit alternate, you know, it's not like chiropractic or massage. It's like a little bit alternate out there. Um, even that he was like, I don't see how this works. Like I can't understand yeah. why you haven't gone and got a job and, and being a school teacher. Like I don't get it. Uh, so I really had to be strong in the sense of like, well, I don't know. I don't exactly know what I want to do. And then I fell in love with that. So, <laughs> you know, so like my dad had seen me like be a ringer and then be a nanny and then be a cook and then come home and work in the shearing sheds as a rousey for a little while and then go back north because it was too cold in New South Wales to do that. And so I think every time I got a job, my dad was like, this is the one. 
oh, and she's gone again. <laughs> and so that was hard. That was a bit uh, <laughs> a bit difficult to confront that. I think it's so hard too when you're so fresh out of school because you are so impressionable and especially like wanting that acceptance from your parents. But at the same time, it's like I had that inner feeling as well but still like no knowing and I remember my dad saying to me like (laughs) you know that I was going to end up just being a Coles checkout chick and you know having kids and whatever um and I just I had this inner knowing that I'd be fine like I'd figure it out but I just had no idea what that looked like and I had so much like inner turmoil for like always like what what is my thing um and then I think I think it's really a thing for us women as well that we are just so multifaceted and that we have all these different passions and interests. And then, of course, if you want to be a mum and it's like, but now in this day and age, we're so blessed with the online world that we can tap into so much more and we've got so much more accessibility and stuff. Anyway, kind of went off a bit, but I just thought that was like something that would really stand out to someone if they have all these same sorts of feelings and things going on and and that uncertainty, um, but they haven't been able to put their finger on it yet, that they're probably just multifaceted, multi-passionate and probably entrepreneurial, like minded. Um, So what was like the big line in the sand? Was there a big line in the sand moment for you where you were like, no, I'm done? Or did you find the online space, um, you know, before you were ready to, yeah, how did that transition happen? there was probably like two or three things that came up in my life around that. And I I remember sort of seeing a few different people like stepping into the online space and they weren't pushing products and they weren't hassling me or anything like that, but I just started to see it. And I remember driving to disability services one day, I had night shift and I went to turn my car on the next morning, it wouldn't start. And I did the injectors in my Hilux and I, it was going to cost me $5,000 to fix. And <laughs> it, it for me back then, $5,000 was like having my throat cut. Like it, I just had no idea how I was going to afford it. I had no idea what I had to do to get this back. And so I remember like the six weeks following, like I just went so hard in my business working like every single day, Bowen and disability services, Bowen and disability services every day. And I, you know, I, I created that income, but I was like, is this what life is going to be like? Like five grand is not that much money. Like in reality, five grand is nothing. It's like a drop in the ocean. So how the hell am I meant to get ahead in life if these things happen? Because such is life, like shit just happens, right? So how was I meant to get ahead when I'm working two full-time jobs with full-time hours just to pay a bill of like something that comes up? And it felt like... Mm -hmm everything was coming at the one time. Like I just start to get ahead and like something would happen. So that was like a big wake up call of like, I can't do this forever. And, and then the next thing is where I really like drew that line and was like, fuck it. I've got to do something. Excuse my language. Um, no, that's fine. <laughs> I remember like I was down working with some horses over a couple of days with Bowen I had to come home one evening and I was working my horses before I had to have a sleep to go to night shift. And so I had it like, there was just no time, but I was like, I have to ride. Like I'm not giving up my life and like spending my life living. Like I'm just not about that. I think life is to live and work is meant to pay for that. Like that's it. And so I was working my horse and it started raining. It's dark. And I was like, nope. 
no, I'm not doing this anymore. Like, this is not okay. This is not how I'm meant to live my life. This is not going to be achievable to do this for another five years. Something has to give. Like, I have to do something else. So that was. And not enjoying life until we're bloody 60 years old and retired. What BS? Yes, exactly. And this was the thing. I was like, no, this can't be it. Yeah, I think that's the. I guess when you're more, um, maybe it's not even entrepreneurial, it's it's that rebellion, you know. It's like I do not subscribe to this way of life. Like just because this is how the la- like people have done it for the last 100 to 200 years, it hasn't always been that way. And, yeah, there is no way in the world I'm doing that either. I, especially like for me and people would know who have listened to the first episode, I lost my mom. She was only 45 and that is a massive thing for me. She thought she would live till she was 90. All of us kids had just finished going through boarding school. So she probably thought, yay, now we can go and travel and you know do those things we've always wanted to do. Boom, terminal cancer. Mm-hmm. So you never know when those curveballs will come. Okay, so so how did you then step into the online space? Uh, so it was actually that, yeah, like that evening was really like the catalyst to what created the change something right now, Kylie. Like no more, no more. And like, you know, you've yeah. experienced firsthand just how short life is. And, and I think that's a really powerful thing for people to understand is like tomorrow is not guaranteed. So why not take this leap of faith and actually do something that is courageous and something that's going to light your soul on fire? And so, oh my God, can I just step in again? I love, oh, I just can't think of who it's by. It's it's some spiritual thing, but it's like the the problem is that you think you have time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And we just don't. That hits home hard for me. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And And like I said, how do we know? You know, like we just don't. And, and I, I can understand where you're coming from because it, that's really hard to accept as well. Like it's not something that we just go, oh yeah, maybe like it's legit. It's real. We just have no idea what could happen tomorrow. And I was not prepared. And it is like that divine intolerance, that rebellion of like, I no longer am okay to live in the confines of what like this box that society puts me in. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like ready to like obliterate this box and start living my life on my own terms. Didn't know what that was going to look like, had no fucking idea, but I knew I had to do something. And if there's a will, there's a way. You'll make a way out of no way. Exactly. That's right. Like that desire, if that is there, like you can literally achieve anything. Yeah. So when I saw like the power of the online space, the power of residual income and passive income, I was like, now that is how you get ahead in life. Like that's how you make five, ten thousand dollars every month. Just tick it over, tick it over, tick it over. And I saw how the online space didn't have to be like this small facet of like reaching out to friends and family, relying on them to buy your products to have success. Like that's not what I saw. I saw a business that was scalable on a global level partnered with an educational platform that could teach you how to connect to people all over the world and I was like that's it that is the like that's how you do it it's not by buying some product and just like reaching out to friends and family it's by leveraging a product that yes like is amazing and people want but it's with education that's how it was scalable so when I saw that I was like oh I see like I see it was like my eyes were like open for the first time and I was like okay this is like a real business I can really scale this and so from that moment 
I just knew the power of what I could create. And even if it took me five years or 10 years, I finally knew that I was on the direction of genuine financial independence, not just like maybe getting by. Like genuinely, if I had a $5,000 bill today, right now, I would pay it and I wouldn't even hardly think about it being out of my account. Like it would just happen. And so that is what I saw when I saw the power of like, high ticket commissions, leveraging the online space on a global network and really going all in with like commitment every day. What I really, really, really love about your story is I think we're actually quite similar in age. If not, I actually feel like you might be a fraction younger than me. You know, I find it really interesting that you actually didn't know a lot about online stuff. And like you touched on that education. And I think that's one of the most powerful things is that investing in yourself is the best investment you can make. And we are learning these incredible skills that are so modern in the new way of business online we learn so much and I just want you to touch on I guess like yeah the how you started out like was that was what were the hurdles you had to overcome stepping into the online space without the experience like I've heard you say that social media wasn't your thing and to go on to I don't want to give it all away but to having generated multiple five-figure months multiple five figures in a month, sorry, from Facebook ads. Like that is freaking insane. Mm, Yeah. And it has been such a journey. So like I said, I came from no experience, so I didn't really know anything about Facebook ads except for like, you know, that boost button. That was about all I knew. (laughs) And, you know, because I've had a Facebook business page with my bone therapy, but I'd probably spent like maybe $50 with that boost button. And that was it. Like I had no, uh, like nothing else. And, and so, boost is so crap. It's so bad. Oh my God, guys, don't use it. <laughs> like, it's so bad. <laughs> and so I remember Christy, a mentor of mine, had said this thing to me. It was like, if you went all in, what would it look like if you achieved your goal? Now, if you went all in and you didn't, or you didn't go all in, what would your life look like? So it was going to be like, it's going to look the same. Or if I went all in, I could create X, Y, Z. And so I, again, the divine intolerance kind of took over. So I tried to do Facebook ads on my own without learning anything. And guess what? I wasted a thousand dollars. So I was like, well, I'm not going to do that again. So I like dived so deep into Facebook advertising and learning and looking at different courses and recreating the courses and like pulling little gold nuggets out of trainings that went for like two hours. And there was like three pieces of information in there that actually were worthwhile listening to. And, and I just stripped everything back. And I have honestly could say that I, any training I've ever watched on Facebook ads, I've probably watched five times over and then recreated it myself. Like I was like, I'm a nerd. Like when it comes to like, when I'm committed to something, like I, like I like to know everything. And so I come become like a little bit obsessed. Yeah, me too. Okay. Yep. <laughs> And so Facebook ads started to be like my thing. And I was like, I'm actually like, I'm, I'm kind of good at this. Killing it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so as time went on, I, I kept doing it and I kept getting better and I kept getting better. And so like in my first six months, like I'd really worked out how to uh, tap into the, that ad space, like Facebook advertising. And I remember I spent tw- uh, $220 in this month and I'd created over $22,000 in income. Oh, so worth it. So worth it. Like, guys, I probably spent $200 on the shoes that I'm wearing. What I saw was like this potential of like the return of investment with Facebook advertising was massive. I'm now running my own Facebook ads course. I'm a consultant for Facebook ads. 
I'm like a trainer within an educational platform for Facebook ads. Where do I sign up? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to tap into the ad space. Honestly, the only reason I even created it is because the girls that I were mentoring had like access to this really, really dodgy Facebook course. And I was like, no one's going to be able to learn from that. Like I need to create this so my girls can learn. And that was literally how it started over the, like the last sort of 12 months of like really exploding into that Facebook ad space and being brave enough to scale myself. And as you know, like this month is probably the first month I've like thrown a heap of cash at it. Like I'm pretty good at spending about $500 and like 10Xing, 20Xing that income easy. This month I've spent $3,000 on Facebook advertising and I'm also about to return my first $50,000 month in income. So again, you can see like the massive, massive increase of that. Like that's nearly 20 times return of investment. This was from three years ago, guys, not knowing a thing about social media advertising. I've used terrible photos in the past. I've used good photos, some bad, some good. And you just never know what could happen. But in three years, I went from a space of like only ever spending a couple of hundred dollars on Facebook advertising, still generating five-figure income months. But to now really, really being someone in the industry that is thriving with Facebook ads and being someone that people come to and resort to and learn from in that space in three years from nothing. Mm -hmm. And that's because you chose your thing and you stayed the course and you were so committed and just all the grit and determination into mastering that. And you so have, like, I find it so inspiring. I don't think I would ever go to that extent myself personally with Facebook ads I've tried to run a couple from actually probably from the short training I'd seen you do which was so good and I don't know why but I I had marked it for women and for some Mm. reason I had men commenting to telling me to f off their Facebook feed and I was like what have I done um because Facebook ads has gotten quite technical but I guess the two things I really want to highlight from this is that's your journey like everyone creates this so differently and I love that you've just mastered that for me it's been totally organically and mine's really Instagram it's just where you know everyone has their place where they kind of flourish and that's my that's my place and I feel like you know the other thing to really highlight is that this is so doable for you because we're partnered with a high ticket product Mm. if you were putting that kind of money into Facebook ads and then you were partnered with a low ticket product where you were making say a hundred dollar commissions per sale it's just not achievable and that's the really amazing thing too is for me where I'm at in my business and the growth I've had and the income I'm making I could even go and outsource to an ads expert I could outsource to you Kylie if you want to do my ads for me You know, because we've got that income that's generating that you can duplicate and scale your business and outsource and automate and add that as you grow. Yeah, absolutely. And that is a big thing. And I think it's so powerful. And sometimes I used to wonder, like, why do all these like low ticket companies not teach their affiliates and their distributors to run Facebook ads? Like, why? I don't get it. And then now I'm like... (laughs) Because there's no return in it. Like their commissions are not high enough to cover their Facebook advertising costs. Like most people in low ticket products, if they were making $3,000 a month, 
they would consider themselves like killing it in that space. And so would I. Like if someone's earning 20, 50, even $100 commission, they made three grand a month. I'd be like, damn, you're doing good. But I'm not earning $100 commission. Yesterday I earned $4,800 in one sale. And so that's covered my entire Facebook advertising bill for the month. And that's from one sale. Yeah. So, you know, high ticket products and high ticket commissions makes it so easy to invest, to outsource, to automate things because you'd have no loss. Like even when you're starting, even if you don't make that first sale, when you spend $200 on that first ad, you're still collecting data. So the next month, when you reinvest another $200, now you've got a bigger audience to work with. You've got more data to go off and you might make that $1,000 commission. So you're still in front again, even though you've spent $400 on ads. Like, And you're always planting the seed. Exactly. You're not going, you don't reap the, the crop or however the saying goes literally the day after you plant the seeds exactly so it's like being committed long term to realizing that the efforts you're putting in today will pay off tenfold next year even yeah exactly and this is the thing that I don't think people uh, really think about is like one I probably stuck it out in this space because it's it's always been a challenge and maybe that's why I've always quit every other job or every other thing I've done because I always got to like that eight eight month mark and was like fuck this is easy now like this is yeah. even challenging. And in this space, it's it's not totally time consuming, but it's always ever changing. And so it's always been like that constant challenge of like, oh, something new is here. And now I get to dive into that. Oh man, I've only just got my head around this and now we have to go over to here. And so I think that was a big reason of why it was so easy for me to, to recommit all the time and to play the long game is because I was never bored ever. And I could never fully wrap my head around everything. So I was always constantly challenged to like better myself, better myself, step up on leadership, level up in income. And I think that's been a massive reason why it was so easy for me to play the long game. And then with high high ticket commissions, I was like, the money's good anyway. So I'll keep learning. Oh my God. I've never thought about it that way before, but that is so spot on. I am someone who absolutely needs to be forever growing and evolving and forever challenged and I'm competitive like yourself and this field, this industry that we're in, the online space, it's always evolving. Um, And then every new level of duplicating and scaling that business. So like I was saying to you this morning um, through our voice messages on Facebook, I've hit another level where I'm like, wow, now I have to really like up level myself in this aspect of my business, in my leadership, in my processes and that to handle the volume of leads and clients coming in. So it's like, it's so much fun because there's no ceiling on it. We're going to forever evolve and grow and be challenged. Thank you for enlightening me with that. That That's really mm. spot on. <laughs> I know, it, like it kind of blows your mind because I'm totally the person, like you said, my parents were like, fuck, is she ever going to stick to anything? Yeah. And <laughs> a massive reason, I genuinely, like I've loved every single job I've ever been in, but I always got good at them and then was bored. Yeah. And so with this, like I'm good at it, but like I just thought like six months ago that I'd like hit the nail on Facebook ads, like I was killing it. And then they went and changed everything. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, I have to learn more again. So it's like I could literally never be bored. Yeah, it's so addictive and it's so rewarding because the more we grow and scale, I don't know about you, I'm sure it does. Does it not blow your mind, the income that comes in? Like 
it's it's like you you know it's going to come you know that you're getting those results and you've seen other people do it but it's still that disbelief like are you still shook when that money comes in oh honestly like I have to keep pinching myself like my mentor is like in my ears especially at the moment like daily and they're like you're about to crack a hundred thousand dollar month and I'm like hundred thousand dollars a month what do you mean <laughs> What do I even do with that? <laughs> Who the fuck makes that in a month? <laughs> Who am I? Yeah, and it's like because I came from like such humble beginnings. Like, guys, my my first job, Ash, I was earning four hundred and seventy five dollars a week. Four hundred and seventy five dollars a week. Like, that's not even two grand a month. And so I'm like, this, and that was only how old was I? Seventeen. So that's not even ten years ago. And now look where I am. Oh. and it's like holy shit and like you and I like we are as normal as you get like cut, like from rural from the bush mm. you know don't have any like great backgrounds of like here's a million dollars go do what you can like such humble beginnings oh my god I had someone literally comment on one of my reels the other day saying that it's just white uh, white rich kid privilege is what I've got and I was like I know I'm so privileged and so I will really take advantage of that so that I can give back more, so I can impact more. Like, duh, I'm not going to waste my privilege. But at the same time, I was like, you've got no idea what my background is, how tight my mother was and shopping at Vinnie's for dresses to go to a cousin's wedding or something. Like people have no idea, but it's really just that victim mindset. Anyway, that's a whole other rabbit hole rabbit hole to go down to. But um, we're, we've been going for just over half an hour. So I feel like I could just talk to you forever and ever and ever. But I do really want to touch on what you're saying, that we're just ordinary people. So like the personal brand side, because I think sometimes people think, oh, do you have to run Facebook ads about the product? So talking about how we leverage personal mm-hmm. brand and then the other side that I get, and you probably hear all the, all the time too, is like, but my life is boring. Oh. Like what is my personal brand? So I would love to hear your perspective yeah. on that. And that's something that does come up a lot. Like everyone thinks that they have a boring life. And I mean like everyone, right? Because for us and for anyone, their everyday life is so normal to them. Now, especially when I got started, like I was very raw, very raw. I mean, I'm still very raw anyway, but like I suppose it just looks a little different. But I created like my first five-figure months with sharing that I was mowing the lawn, sharing that I was going to drive 20 minutes to town to buy a jam donut at 7 a.m. Like like, that's not anything exciting, guys. Like I mow the lawn every week. Everyone literally mows their lawn probably every week. But people love following people's journey. And so I think like often we get caught in like overthinking personal branding but it's actually just sharing what you're up to. And I even think about like last year uh, before I went to this big event, I was speaking on stage. So I was like, I'm going to be fit. And so I would go for a run every morning. My little puppy would come with me and it was the same track, the same time, nothing new. And Bo would come running and I'd take a little thing as he would like run in the dam every morning. And people got addicted to watching that same thing. Now, I mean, how many people go for a run down the paddock? Like 
that's not anything special. But people loved watching every day the fact that I go for a run, watching the sunrise, watching Bo as he like looks like this drowned rat coming out of the dam. And so it's nothing spectacular, but it's just documenting what I got up to. So personal branding is literally just sharing what you do. I literally watched, this is ridiculous and you might want to face palm yourself, but I watched a 40 minute YouTube video of a family of three sitting down and eating McDonald's and just talking like, and it wasn't even interesting, but I was hooked. And that's like, that's the thing. We love just reality. And like you were saying, it's journey sharing. No one wants to see you go from here to crushing it they love the journey and actually to a point where it's almost um almost toxic in Australia like the tall poppy syndrome and the like while we're the underdog and we're battling and we're doing this and we're working on it and you're trying to get fit or you're trying to build the business everyone's like go ash woohoo but then like you see the people who have made it and you know I saw the other day um what's her name Rachel Hollis was copying so much on Instagram but that's because she's now like that tall poppy people are trying to tear her down and they'll pick at every little thing she does um but yeah it's just journey sharing like I remember putting it out there when I first started this business that by June I wanted to be making 5k months and by the end of the year I wanted to be making 10k months and I was like I'm going to take you on the journey I'm going to share what's working not working what I'm trying the highs the lows what I'm learning because people just find it interesting whether they're interested in actually doing it too it's just different to what they're doing, even though, like you said, because you're living your life, it doesn't seem different. Mm, exactly. And, it's, and like I said, people just get caught in that. Oh, I couldn't do that. You get to do you. You don't have to show up in a way that feels wrong to you. You don't have to show up in a way that feels uncomfortable to you. You get to share what feels good. And if sharing what you ate for lunch feels good, that's awesome go with that. And if sharing mowing the lawn feels good for you, you get to share that as well. And personal branding is a beautiful thing because it can really be the baseline of so many different things. Like you and I partner with affiliate marketing, a direct sales company in the background, but we never have to push a product. But on top of that, because I've created a personal brand and like, know, and trust, when I opened up my Facebook ads course, I made $10,000 off the first launch post because people were already watching what I was doing. And so same thing with now, if I launched a, I don't know, a lipstick, I've already got a personal brand. So people already like, know, and trust me, maybe want to wear the lipsticks that I wear. And so if I launched my own, chances are same thing would happen again. I would create a $10,000 month or a five figure income month from one post because I've already got personal branding. So it's like, people don't actually understand how big it can be. Like we have a beautiful vehicle that creates financial independence for us, but we can also extend off that. Like once we've got to a space of like, cool, that's growing on automation for us now. Like we're creating five figure months every month. Sweet. That's like doing its thing. Now we can create this. Now we can create this because we've already done the work in creating like the foundations of a personal brand. Yeah. I see it as you have two major assets that sets you up no matter the no matter the direction 
and one is your social media or personal brand like that's your digital asset and then the other one is you it's those transferable skills and that work you've done on yourself the confidence you've gained like all of that is priceless as well as you said about like sharing the journey and I I don't know if it was you or someone else but someone actually went and stalked my Instagram the other day and they're like oh my god like flicking back through your journey and like seeing like you know now my grid is like really good and then like 12 months ago it was different colors and then like before that I was really sporadic and so they could like literally scroll back through my journey and see like where I am now where I've come from what I've changed where I was and so that's what we actually get to share along the way as well yeah and um I guess too what's been really beneficial for me is the community that I've tapped into because I feel like I'm probably a lot more remote than you are we are 130 kilometers from our sort of town that we go to and even then it's a small town so from our like to Brisbane we're like six hours and so for me to be able to tap in this caliber of entrepreneurs and business builders and that proximity and the like-mindedness that I really I really feed off and thrive off conversations like this and people who are also really growth-minded and always always wanting to grow as well. Have you found that as well for you? Yeah, honestly, one of the biggest things that I have found is having a community and like you just said, these conversations, like bouncing ideas off each other has been the biggest thing to my success because now I actually have that space. When I was a volunteer therapist on my own in business, first of all, I didn't know really many other volunteer therapists. So when I had this like mind-blowing idea, who did I tell? Like my mum, who's a grazier, raises cattle. Like mum has no idea what that's going to look like in business. But now I might go, oh my God, I have this crazy idea. Hey, Ash, what do you think of this? Like I could do this and I could do that. And then you could step in and be like, oh my God. And if you added this and this and this, and and like all of a sudden our ideas grow and grow. And then the support, it's not just like the success, but also the meltdowns and the breakdowns and the tough challenges that we face as entrepreneurs we're in this container of like of massive support and like soul sisterhood of like, we've got your back. Like, what do you need? Take a day. You do you. Like, we're here for you. So like, it's not just about sharing the wins and sharing the ideas, but it's also like having people there that truly back you on your journey as you face those difficult conversations, those difficult days. And I think that has been a really, really big thing for me. And one thing that I'm just so grateful for, especially when I'm isolated, you know, I live on 700 acres on my own. And so for me to have that space and that community and those people in my corner is huge. Yeah, it's been massive for me as well, especially from when I came from the low ticket network marketing. I they the community didn't feel the same. I never felt like I quite fit in. I still felt like a bit of an odd one out, like the black sheep still, like I just didn't quite fit the mold and I felt like in network marketing it was a little bit like school. You still had to fit a mold. Like it was so mm-hmm. fit in the confines of this box whereas I feel like this is such a freedom business and that we get to be free to have that full self-expression which is a game changer but also the community I actually had I knew I had so much value to bring I just knew that I could really flourish under the right kind of leadership and community that would allow me to whereas I kind of felt a bit stomped on in the network marketing space whereas now 
I've been asked to come on and train our collective of over 5,000 people as well. People see me in my genius zone. I'm encouraged to find and step into and master my genius zone and to help others with it. And that is so powerful to be seen and accepted for my gifts. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that is something to really honor as well. And everyone's on their own journey. And like, you know, you and I have done things very differently and, it, it would it could be so easy for you to look at the way I've done things and feel like you have to be molded into Kylie. So Kylie does Facebook ads. I have to do it this way. Otherwise I can't do it. Like I have to be like Kylie. Otherwise I can't do it. Well, that's just not right. Like we have totally different personalities. Lots of things overlap as well, but you've been able to grow your business in an, in an opposite platform and in totally organically. And for me, that didn't work. And, and so I've done it this way, but there's no one here telling you you can't do it in a way that feels good for you. And I think that's huge. Like people genuinely encourage for you to stay in your zone of genius. Like numbers are my jam. So Facebook ads make sense to me. Sharing your personality is totally like you are all over that. So you get to do that through Instagram and visual effects and things like that. And so we get to be ourselves and we're celebrated into that space rather than like told to be conformed and it goes so much deeper than surface level like if you want to go I guess more like belonging and spiritual and that we are encouraged to find our true voice our true message like our true path our true journey what we're our purpose rather than just Mm -hmm. like you know it's it's more than it's not just about the Facebook ads or how, you know, the strategies we've used, but it's also our voice and our message and the way we've done it. Okay. So let me probably close this out with one more question. I would love to hear what's been in a nutshell, the biggest con to having an online business in the bush or the biggest hurdle. Um, I think it was probably the without sounding rude, um, maybe like the small mindedness of being, moving into a space that was so different to the way I was raised, to the way rural life has been done. Like we were brought up and taught, you have to work hard for your money. And I mean like not work hard behind a desk, but like get out, get your hands dirty, bust your body. And that's how you get ahead. Like the only way you're going to have money behind you is to work, 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 work. Yeah. That's what my dad believes too. Like you literally yeah. have to have your hands dirty to make money. Farmers, right? <laughs> Farmers. And so I guess it was overcoming that. That's been the, the the toughest thing of like people actually just being open enough to be like, oh, wow, there's there's a different way to do this. Kylie's from our world, our community, our lifestyle, and she's found another way. Mm-hmm. So that's probably been one of the hardest things is like, showing people that there is a different way and being brave enough to actually follow a different path was really difficult for me but also the most rewarding one as well yeah I love that I've really felt that too I remember my dad being really confused when I told him about investing into this business and trying to explain it to him and he he's very and I think a lot of farmers are very um literal in their thinking because they do work so hands-on and they see that they they create this thing they grow this thing or whatever they do then they they reap it and they sell it and like they understand that production line I suppose of how they create their income but he's like you know something has to give where like who's losing out who's missing out who's cost like 
he could not wrap his head around it. And I was like, don't even worry about it. And then when I made my first five figure months, I, I hadn't even told him that I did start doing it. And then I was like, yeah, I just made, you know, 10 grand this month. And he's like, what? from that that water business and I was like yeah dad <laughs> and he's so proud of me now yeah I, I yeah I know and isn't it funny like when I created my first ten thousand dollar month my dad turned around and said to me oh but can you do it again yeah. watch me yeah so, yeah that's right like that's it just watch me so it's it's one of those hurdles that I've had to really overcome so it has been tough uh, but like I said it's definitely the most rewarding as well yeah and with our like innate rebellious nature I don't think there was anything going to stop us but what okay so last question very last one we've been on for ages but it's been so good and I hope that the listeners are getting heaps of value and insights and if nothing else finding it really interesting hearing our stories your story especially um what would you say to someone who I guess it doesn't really matter if they're remote or not but if they've I guess if they've felt those inklings or uncertainty of what they want in life or just anything? What's some advice that you would love to leave the listeners? I think the big thing that I would say is like, be really honest with yourself. And if you're not in a space that feels genuinely good, take action today to change something. Because if nothing changes, nothing changes. And you're going to be in the same place in five years time. So be so brutally honest with where you are at right now and get so clear on where you want to be. And if you're not there or you're not heading there, my advice is to take dramatic action to put you on the path that's going to allow you to get there. And just don't settle for what you think is meant to be, right? Mm -hmm. If you're not where you want to be going, change something. You don't have to settle. Like we really do get to have it all. So it's like time to take action. I love that. Thank you. And really, it's your life. You've got this one life that's like a fly shit in an ocean. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay to be selfish. Yes. I love that. That's right. Like narrow focused guys. Like that's how I created my success. Narrow focused. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you for jumping on and sharing with me and I'll chat to you later. Sounds perfect. Thanks so much for having me on. Hey there. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. My goal is to impact as many women as possible. So if you found this podcast inspiring, insightful, or helpful in any way, please pay it forward by sharing this episode to your Instagram. And don't forget to tag me at Ashley A. McNulty. I really appreciate it and look forward to seeing you here again next week.